Well, hello, Central Michigan University. My name is Dominic Mastrangelo. I'm the opinion editor at Central Michigan Life, and welcome to another episode of Headline Central. Uh, today, I'm joined by two very important guests, the President and Vice President of CMU Student Government Association, President Ian Elliott and Vice President Jasmine Burnett. How are you doing, guys? Doing very well. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, we're looking forward to a very riveting conversation. We want to dive right into the topics to get going. Um, you know, I, I, there's been a lot of conversation on this campus recently about the role of student government um, and how it fits into the greater fabric of a university um, and, of course, with the community that surrounds it, too. Um, Ian, I want to start with you. Um, what are some of the constant themes or things that you hear about from students um, the most? Well, right now there's um, definitely a lot of controversy over uh, tuition costs. That's been an ongoing issue for, for decades now. And, and um, you know, we as an administration are very interested in um, raising awareness about the root causes of some of these issues. And I think that um, that's something maybe we're... Um, uh, we align in, in ideology with other groups on campus, even even CM Life. That you know, tuition rising um, is a is obviously at surface level a, a major issue. But um, behind that, we see um, in some ways apathetic voting. We see our own uh, student body, people our age, who are not aware of uh, the individuals they're electing into our Michigan legislature and how that affects um, higher education uh, policy and costs. And so, um, in that way, we think that. By identifying some of those root causes, of not just that issue, but but many others, we can um, put together uh, initiatives and policies that bring a more in-depth understanding to the student body about um, these problems that that many see as just a surface surface level issue. And and and, and maybe that's Jasmine could speak briefly on. Um, some of our, our voting um, initiatives yeah. that we plan on implementing in the fall. Yeah, so we've been working with RevCMU quite a lot um, this past semester, me just individually with the Governmental Affairs Committee from SGA, um, just to get more events on campus where the mobile Secretary of State can come and get students registered to vote or different events that we're putting on to educate people who's running for office right now, whether it be presidential or in November, there's going to probably be a lot of legislator seats up, a lot of Senate seats up, and we want people to actually be, become educated on these things. And we're trying to make people more aware of that through the work of RevCMU, um, primarily just helping and encouraging them with the tools to make their voice a little bit louder here on campus. Right. The, the idea, I think, that you, know, you mentioned, Ian, that you know, Central Michigan Life and student government have sort of a common goal in, in that sense, you know, mm -hmm. trying to represent as many voices on campus as we can, because um, sometimes I'm, I've talked to students, and I'm sure you guys have too, that feel that CMU administration or city officials, Mount Pleasant city officials, uh, make decisions um, without really uh, consulting students or uh, thinking about how it might um, affect them. Um, Ian, you know about this firsthand uh, in your most recent role as the city student liaison with the city of Mount Pleasant. Um, can you talk a little bit about your experience um, with city leaders um, and uh, your thoughts on uh, new Mayor Kathy Ling? Sure. Well, I, I think you, you can't just speak about uh, Mayor Kathy Ling without speaking. Uh, Commissioner Kathy Ling, last semester before she was elected, was the right. first individual to to reach out to me, ask me to to let's let's grab coffee. Um, we ended up having a three hour conversation about uh, the history of uh, on student, not just student behavior, but interactions between uh, the city and and students that you know even in the past were maybe more positive than what we had now, and so. Um, out of that conversation, I think we developed um, a mutual understanding and direction. Uh, and, and then when, when Mayor Ling, when she was elected mayor, um, 
the the conversations between between her and her her commissioners and our student body have become increasingly uh, productive. The first uh, semester, we have a, a lot of students might not be aware, we have a CMU City Liaison Committee uh, made up of a number of um, higher ranking uh, administrators, uh, law enforcement, city officials, and student leadership that get together before it was about once a semester. Uh, we're to the point now where we've been meeting uh, almost once a month in this past semester, which is um, brought forth some uh, tremendous ideas uh, from both sides in terms of uh, how we can not just better, um, not just better uh, awareness on the student side of what's expected from them on on party weekends and some of those 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 uh, common conversations that come up, uh, but we've been also identifying that you know maybe there's something to the idea that we need to be better uh, friends and neighbors the rest of the week. How can we encourage students to engage? Uh, with the city and with its residents so that the relationship all around um, is better and that the focus isn't just on those party weekends when sometimes things get out of hand. Yeah, and you've obviously, um, you've had a pretty good grasp on what the issues are and what the points of contention um, have been. Um, but you're, you've moved on now and, and gotten, well, about as involved as in SGA as anyone can. Um, how do you find the right person to have that relationship with the city when you're busy doing other things? Sure. Well, um, we already have someone in mind and you know we are in the hiring process right now so uh, there's certainly um, several applicants that we still have to to interview but but we have a few um, individuals who are well-versed in political science that that's that's their major or that's their their focus um, mostly I'm looking for someone who's passionate I think uh, you really have to look at what I did differently in the role um, compared to, to prior city commission liaisons before the, the position was really more just Reactive. They would go to the city council meetings, take notes, and then report back to SGA. Um, what I did was the reverse. Um, the first couple meetings, I introduced myself. I was uh, fairly vocal about uh, what student issues we wanted to see conversations and productive conversations happen around. And out of that, I, I think I, I, I was able to create not just a rapport but a respect with those commissioners who, who saw my willingness to engage. And so the, the first thing that we would look at in an individual to take on that role is a passion, a passion to engage, a, 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 not just an understanding of what's going on, but a, a drive to continue to guide and change the conversation. And so really that the, kind of that spark of passion um, is what we're looking for out of someone in that role. Yeah, pa passion's an interesting word. Um, Jasmine, do you think that's important when it comes to not just the city, but maybe the, the university or other organizations here on campus? I mean, obviously, passion is something that, you know, hopefully every student has in some right. regard about something <laughs> here. Um, but how do you balance passion with being able to have a level head and get things done, too? I think that passion is the driving factor in most of these positions, because if you don't care about what you're doing, why are you going to strive to get to where you want to go? So reining in that passion to actually accomplish what you want to accomplish is a really important part of that. So if you're not going to rein that in to get the things done that you want to get done on campus, you're not going to be able to do that. Right. So. And, you know, feasibility is a big part of the conversation with SGA. Mm -hmm. um, I'll ask you again, Jasmine. Um, how do you ensure that SGA um, is 
doing things and trying to work on projects that are feasible for whatever power it has. Mm -hmm. So as Ian mentioned, we are going through the hiring process right now. So as we're finding these people, different people to fill these roles, we're looking at what they have done on campus. We're looking at the things that they're involved in, the things that they care about, the things they want to change, make better here on campus for students, for professors, for people off campus as well. Um, when we're examining the different roles that these people play on campus, that's going to affect how our administration is going to be and how effective it will be over the next year. And so. Right. And people always talk about their voice being heard and, and how receptive CMU administrators or city officials or other student leaders are. Um, do you feel that there's a willingness, either of you, and this question for either of you, um, a willingness for any CMU administrator um, to hear student concern? I mean, is it different based on different administra administration and the situation? I mean, how, how do you make a priority list? How do you gauge, you know, what's something that SGA should work on versus something that maybe just be one or two students are upset about? Well, well, in terms of, in terms of lining up our priorities, our priorities as SGA um, president and vice president will always be those issues that, that, most concern and most directly affect students. We're here to represent students, plain and simple. Um, in in the background, there are conversations with administrators, conversations um, between us in terms of strategy that might that might change how we approach those issues. And there are times that um, our approach to a student issue is is not going to result in change during our presidency. Um, there are certainly long-term plays that have to be made sometimes um, in order to set up maybe the next president or the president after to, to close the deal on an issue. And so um, we have to we have to take and this is where it's, sometimes the um, conflict comes between student government and the student body. Sometimes we have to take student concerns and sometimes they're conflicting student concerns. Find the root of where those concerns are coming from. How we can how we can change the environment. And and sometimes when we reach out to administrators and, and get the full picture of what's going on, um, the willingness of administrators is not lacking. I can I can promise that. But there are times that their hands are tied behind their back. Sometimes it's strictly financial. Sometimes it's um, sometimes it's, it's a legality. Sometimes there are state laws that um, prevent administrators from aligning with, with student um, opinion, whether they'd like to or not. And so we have to take all of those things into account and, and, and be very transparent about that, though. Um, I never, I never would, would um, keep our decision-making process um, you know, opaque. It, it, this, there's, very, there's, a, there's, a, there's a need for the students to understand why um, we tackle one issue and not another, or or maybe one issue first and then the other second. And our doors are always open. My email is is always open for students that that have that question. Um, I was a student um, without this power once, and I was a frustrated activist. And I understand um, that viewpoint, and so I respect that viewpoint. And we're going to carry out um, our missions as president and vice president with um, pragmatism in mind, um, but then also. Uh, respecting the passion of students um, that might have some sort of conflict with the way that we go about our business. Yeah, Jasmine, you know, he, he mentioned the fact that it's important that SGA has transparency with the student body. But is it important that CMU administrators have transparency with the student body? Most definitely. I mean, I think that's what we're here for. We're here to facilitate that transparency between the student body and through student government, communicating to students what administration is doing. 
when they're making a decision for something, we're supposed to be involved in that. We're supposed to let the students know. Um, for example, right now, um, some of the work that we had mentioned while we were campaigning is a gender equity center here right. on campus. So as we began conversations with President Ross, he's... Um, do you want to expand a little bit on that? Yeah, sure. Um, of our four platform items, we're going to be very frank. The gender equity center is going to be the most difficult one to bring to fruition. I'm not saying it's um, impossible by any means, but um, there is there is a an underlying um, I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to say crisis, but there's an underlying disparity between the initiatives that faculty and students across the board, from an academic standpoint, from an athletic standpoint, from a student involvement standpoint, um, there are far more initiatives than the university can afford uh, to fund. And with that comes priorities from the administrative level. Now, it's my opinion that a gender equity center should be one of those priorities that gets that gets pushed through. And what many people don't understand is it's not ultimately the it's not ultimately President Ross or um, necessarily even any, any of the VPs that make those decisions from a financial standpoint. We have a budget priorities committee um, that recommends to uh, the president and to the board of trustees what we should be spending our money on. And the last time a gender equity center was brought up, they did not find that that was the case. So after this is one of those instances where after reviewing that process, uh, we're going to put together a presentation. We're going to gather maybe faculty and, and other individuals involved with that gender equity center project. It certainly was not our idea, and um, we didn't. We were not the, the um, initiators of conversation, but um, we're going to join forces with those who are having that conversation ongoing uh, with budget priorities and, and figure out why it's not a priority and, and either how we can change um, the legislation, the actual um, the initiative, the Gender Equity Center itself, so that it matches what they would see as a priority, or continue to collect outside data, um, you know, to, to, to better convince them. We, we know that we're one of three MAC schools that doesn't have a Gender Equity or a Women's Resource Center. And, and one of the most common comebacks from the administration when we're talking about adding something or, or why we're paying extra, why are we paying an administrator extra, why are we paying a sports coach that much? The answer is generally, well, we, we have to match what other schools are doing. We have to be competitive from a financial standpoint and a business standpoint. Do you buy that? Do I buy that? Yeah. Do, do you buy this? It's, it's what the market will bear line that the, the administration always gives us. Well, I, I believe that I, I'm, I'm a business major, and so I believe in, um, I believe in, in free market and economics, but I also believe that uh, behind closed doors and because of regulation, things are often skewed. Um, if I were to take the dollar amount of some of those administrators and individuals and you were to ask me point blank, um, is that right? I would probably say no uh, much of the time. At the same time, if there's a system nationwide that dictates these are the, these are the salaries and that's the only way that we can attract um, you know, talented administrators, as, as, a, as a student body president, I would rather find the root of those problems, the root of that, that, that system and make that transparent to the students so that at least we're not questioning what the process is behind it. It's an interesting conversation that you're starting here about, you know, the, the business of higher education and problems that are bigger uh, than CMU. Um, how do you interpret those issues and how do you try to reach any sort of tangible change um, on this campus in this situation? Because that's what you're hearing from, right? I mean, you guys aren't hearing from students at Western or Eastern. I mean, these are Central Michigan students that you're right. concerned with. And, you know, how do you represent them even if the issue is 
bigger than all of us, so to speak. Well, uh, back to kind of your first question, the, the, the ultimate play in changing higher education is, is by the student vote. It's by what these students do um, in terms of their, their, their voting preferences now and through the future, but also when they have a career, when they get into higher education, um, if they go into politics, can we, can we make transparent what's going on right now while we have their attention so that when they go out into the real world, they have the background knowledge to take their positions in the future and to enact change. So in some ways, in, in specifically in this way, in terms of higher education, some of the, the bigger problems, I, I, I short of having a, a short-term solution right here, right now to, to tell you over podcast, the best thing that I can give you is that we're going to do our best to, to find ways to educate our student body on what's going on and why so that we as adults... Um, from here on out, we're going to be the, the next generation that leads this country into, um, you know, the economic future and the education future and, and, and just the future in general. We need to make sure that everyone here is as aware as possible of what's going on. And we can do that by empowering RSOs that raise awareness on those issues. And we can also do that by having some of those uncomfortable conversations with um, people higher up in power and finding ways to to relay that information to the students in a way that they can process, understand, and then enact change when they have the position to do so. And that's why it's strengthening the relationship between the students and the administration and with the city of Mount Pleasant is so important to us because that's what's going to facilitate all these things to happen. Yeah, and you guys are doing right now is outlining some goals, right, and sort of um, talking about the greater tapestry of, of this whole situation. Um, it begs the question then, you know, when, when your time is done here, and that, that'll come, obviously, uh, for all of us, um, what will you define as success um, leading SGAs for both of you? If somebody comes out saying they accomplished something that they were proud of, that they got something on CMU changed for the better, that's what's important to me. I want to see that happen more than I can count on any hands. What's <laughs> <laughs> you, Ian? I think, I think I want to see a general consensus amongst the student body that um, we're better aware of the administration and how it works. I want to see a consensus um, that we're more comfortable with our school's spending habits, understanding why they do certain things, at least making that information aware to students. Um, and I also want to see a general consensus that we are doing a better job of advocating for um, minority demographics on campus. Why are we having such a hard time funding a gender equity center when we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in under places? There are disparities that we can close. Um, and, and so to me, that success is, is closing some disparities so that the next president has less less disparities to deal with, if that makes sense. It totally does. Before we go, we just want to make sure that we give you guys an opportunity to let folks know if they want to get involved in the Student Government Association. How do they do that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so like I said, right now, we are going through the hiring process. There's so many positions that are open. We would love for you guys to reach out to us. Um, you can look us up on the CMU email. Um, my name is Jasmine Burnett, J-A-Z-M-I-N-B-I-E-R-N-A-T. Yep. And, and Jasmine, that's I think I'll leave it with that. Jasmine is is handling the hiring process. If, if you are interested in SGA as a whole, though, we have uh, over 300 RSOs on campus and not all of them have a representative um, there are so many benefits to being a part of SJ other than having access to that student budget allocation um, 
uh, funds. And, and, and that, that is one, that even a resource that many uh, RSOs aren't aware of, um, that there, there are dollars to fund some of your programs. But conferences and stuff. Right. But have, having, having a, a representative in, uh, our, from your RSO in, in SGA uh, really does give you a better voice um, <clears throat> when it comes to us having some of these conversations with, um, with the administration. It makes our organization more powerful. That's right. And we really do appreciate you guys taking the time to sit down with us. I'm sure this is the first of many conversations we will have yeah. like this during your administration. I hope there are many. We want to thank More Media Records for letting us use this wonderful facility for our podcast. This is another episode of Headline Central. Thanks for listening, folks, and we'll see you next time.